Your worth doesn't come from the approval of those around you. I deserve to take up space and I deserve to be seen. Your message matters, your story matters, and do it scared. Welcome to So Here's the Thing, the podcast for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and creative educators who are ready to take their business to the next level. Through candid conversations, tactical approaches, and a few unpopular opinions, we're lifting the veil on what it takes to build both a life and a business that you love. I'm your host, Leila Amati, a coach for creatives and founder of the Creative Educator Academy, where I help entrepreneurs step into the role of industry leaders and educators. I'm so glad that you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to So Here's the Thing. This is a new voice to you, probably. Um, it's been about a year, I guess. But I'm Haley Gaffin. I am Laylee's podcast producer, and today we're doing things a little different. I'm actually going to interview Laylee all about the Creative Educator Conference and all of her biggest takeaways, everything that happened this year. So Laylee, are you ready to dive in? I'm ready. I'm nervous. I'm ready, though. Okay. The first thing I want to ask is because we did a recap episode last year all about your first conference experience, and I want to know what the biggest difference between year one and year two was for you as the host, and then also what you think it was for the attendees. Okay, that is such a loaded question. There are so many differences. I think it would be easier to even start with like the thing that stayed the same, I think, is just like the heart and the people and the types of people that were there, which is just incredible, incredible, generous and knowledgeable and genius attendees who intimidate me um, in the best kind of way. But the differences, I think, for me as a host, one, obviously, with the more times you do something, the more comfortable you get doing it. So the first year I was extremely nervous. I mean, not to say the nerves ever go away. I talk about this when I coach my speakers and when I talk about speaking, I'm always nervous when I take the stage and I, I've been speaking for, you know, over a decade. And I think that, I think that if you lose the nerves, that's, that's kind of a problem. So I will say like, I still had some nerves as a host, wanting to make sure everybody was taken care of, wanting to make sure that everything went really well. But I do think I had a lot more, um, just, I guess confidence in the fact that I knew it was going to come together. I knew people would love it because they loved it last year. So as a host, I think for me, it was just much more of like a peaceful experience. It was just as much fun as I had the first year, but a little bit less stressful. And then, you know, minus the fact that the weather wanted to just ruin all of our lives <laughs> that week. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was rough. The, the thing, I think the biggest differences for the attendees, we had so many alumni come back, even though we, we actually doubled in size. So that was kind of a big difference, but we doubled in size within the year. But we had, I think, like, 90% of our first conference return for the second conference, which was mind blowing, especially knowing that these are educators. That was like such a compliment and such a gift and, and having them walk in and watching their faces. It was like, everybody kind of said like, it's like you had a baby and the baby grew up. Like it was just, yeah. <laughs> I know it was really cute. It was like the next level of what we had created, not really knowing what would happen the first year like having that knowledge of what I could do with it the second year and being able to have more freedom and more flexibility and more creativity behind what we, um, what we actually created in, in the end product and seeing them experience that I think was, was a huge difference for them, but in a really fun way. 
Hey there, my name is Dolly DeLong. I am a systems and workflow educator for small business owners. And I absolutely loved attending the Creative Educator Conference. The biggest thing that I loved about the conference was how organized and well thought out it was. Lately, I could tell, put in so much time and effort in making sure every detail was covered from the food to the speakers to even the layout of where we where we learned where the conference was hosted at it was all so gorgeous and i i was very impressed by just like the time and effort and just the whole experience of the creative educator conference my name is Akua Kanadu. I'm a storytelling strategist helping business owners infusing storytelling tactics into their marketing strategy. I am also the host of the Independent Business Podcast through HoneyBook. And I think my biggest key takeaway from the Creative Educator Conference, I think more so a reminder, is not getting attached to outcomes. Ellen Yin said that. And I think that is just so important as business owners. Whenever we're trying something new, we instantly get attached to the outcomes and things don't exactly go our way. We attach it to our worth, whether we feel like we're not good enough, not worthy, um, and again, it's like you treat your business as an experiment. This is a really great time to try something new, see what works, what doesn't work. And the results, use that as data to propel you forward. So that would have to be my biggest takeaway from the Creative Educator Conference. I could see in you the difference in you mentioned feeling more calm and less stressed. Do you think having an MC helped with that? I do think having an MC, Akua Kanadu, who is amazing, I think having her there and I was telling her she was funny because we obviously go way back. I, I've been her coach for years. We are now really good friends. She's spoken at many of my things and my events, but I was telling her, I was like, there are very few people I would trust to be kind of the secondary face of the conference. And that's why I did it myself. Also, I love emceeing. I really enjoy being an MC myself. I MC events frequently and I really love it because I think it's a fun way to be, you know, to crack jokes and make the audience feel really excited and energized. But as a host, you really can't do, I mean, it's really hard to juggle all of the things. That was helpful. And then of course, you probably noticed this because you were there for both years, but we were able to set up the day before, which this sounds very obvious, but when you're working with venues and logistics, we couldn't logistically set up the day before on the first year. So we had to get up very, very early and do it in the morning, which that pressure of knowing attendees are coming that same day, it was it was awful. It was traumatic, honestly. <laughs> I know I'm being dramatic about that, but it was... It no. Was I, I remember it because... So this year, I was one of the ones affected by the weather. I... And this is... This would be me as like my advice to other people coming to your conference is get there early on the day of um, the welcome mixer because I loved last year getting to just kind of hang out with people, get to know them more before the conference even started. Um, but then also the fact that I was supposed to arrive at 7.30 a.m., and my flight got delayed and I ended up having to book another flight. I arrived at 7.30 p.m., so I like barely made the mixer. I was there for five minutes, but that would be my advice because I was going to go set up my booth that on that day, the day before the conference like kicked off and didn't get to, but walking in at, I think I walked in at like eight fifteen, and everything was already set up. I remember last year being there with you 
And we were like running around. I ended up taking my blazer off because I was so hot. I was like, this is exhausting. It's like a wedding day almost because you're trying to do all of that. So I am, I do think that's a very good move on your part to set up the day before. Yeah. I mean, that's good advice for people to come early because I do think it breaks the ice and it's so great. Hi there, my name is Angelica Pompey with Angelica Pompey Education and I'm an educator for photographers and creative business owners and I'm here at the Creative Educator Conference and it is absolutely incredible. I've never been in a space where I felt so motivated and empowered by like-minded people that are in the industry, wanted to elevate their own education business and the amount of value that I walked away with and so many ideas I'm ready to implement. And I want to thank Blaylee for creating this opportunity for creatives and educators because there is nothing like this conference and I will come back year and year and year again. Thank you. Hi, my name is Dahlia Orth and I'm a system strategist and HoneyBook Pro. And I'm super grateful for how Blaylee has shaped this conference in a way that has really provided an opportunity for creative educators like myself to level up, um, to learn and to grow and to scale and to really just make a bigger impact on this world. So thank you, Laylee. It's been such a great experience and I'm really excited for all that's to come. I'm so excited about this episode. I, I probably should have said this at the beginning, but I'm excited to like really be transparent about the entire process because I think that it's so interesting and so obviously like meta t- teaching educators and being an educator because so many people in the audience we're also event hosts. So that in itself, it's like intimidating. It's like a level of you want to meet their expectations, but it's also like they kind of know what you're going through. So they're, they're also forgiving in the same, they're judgy and forgiving, I guess. (laughs) And like, so are we. So I, I'm, I am hopeful that anybody who's listening to this is like, wow, they're really keeping it real. And to keep it real, I was also we had blazers off. We were sweating. I didn't have my makeup done the first day, my hair. (laughs) I was doing it while attendees were checking in. Like I looked a hot mess and I felt a hot mess and I did not feel that way this year. Yeah. I just remember walking in, seeing you there. And I was like, she looks so much calmer than last year. And I even said to Tim, like, Hey, I need to ask Lily a question about something is like, is she in the mood to answer? And he was like, yeah, she's great this year. And I was like, (laughs) Okay, I'll go ask her. <laughs> Wait, that's so cute. Oh my gosh. My my Haley and my husband. I love it. <laughs> um, okay, so I do want to know, is there anything that stands out to you from this year that kind of highlights the, the creativity of your conference and the speakers and the lasting impact that it would have on the attendees and educators? Oh, that's... You have good questions. Okay. Um, I think... A couple things, actually. One, I think, of course, the more speakers that we have who really um, show up with the whole workshop style, which is the heart behind it. Now, of course, every topic is so difficult to do. Not every topic is suited for a workshop, right? So like some of the speakers, there was really no way to make it as interactive as I would like as the host, but they still knocked it out of the park. But we had a couple speakers who really went above and beyond in creating implementation time into their workflow and into their actual talk to where people could really leave with things accomplished. So that's one thing. And then the other, I think the other thing that really leaves that lasting impact is that we do not do fluff at my conference. So much so that actually 
again, full transparency, after the first year, I had a few people come and be like, it would have been cool to have like maybe one motivational talk in there. <laughs> and I was like, wait, but I, I want only tangible, tactical, hit the ground running. So I did, I worked in, you know, Natalie Frank, she kicked us off with an amazing motivational, but still tactical talk. But I do think the whole concept of, I don't want this to be like every other conference because of this, the caliber of the attendees. These are people who I've heard people in my audience say prior, I'm only attending things I'm speaking at now. I'm not paying to attend anything because there is nothing I can learn there, which I take issue with, honestly. Like, And if you said that, no, this is no shade to you. I've said that myself in the past and had to catch myself and say, hey, girl, like, let's be humble. Let's actually remember that everybody can learn at no matter what level they're at, even if it's a beginner level talk. This is kind of a segue, but when I taught dance, I always would put my advanced dancers into one beginner lesson every so often. And they would kind of gripe and moan about it and be like, I used to do this as a baby. And I was like, yeah, but you need a refresher on the basics. And I think that same thing happens with knowledge, right? So I do think that there's value there, but because of that, because of that mindset, I wanted it to be high level education, very little fluff. And I wanted people to leave feeling like they have transformed and they had been waiting for so long for that to happen for them that they were against attending things. And that when they decided to actually attend things, you know, we delivered. So the pressure was high there, but I do, I do think that that was something that, that kind of highlights that, that lasting transformation for them. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I am extremely particular when it comes to my sponsors for not just my events, but for this podcast. And I want to introduce you to one of my amazing sponsors today, Kajabi. As a coach for creative educators, I know how difficult it can be to decide where you want to create and house all of the amazing content that you're creating for your students. Kajabi makes it so easy to diversify your revenue, build your own brand, and turn your audience into customers and students. No matter your niche as a creative educator, Kajabi makes it so easy to turn your skills, passions, and expertise into enriching online courses, membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and more. And right now, I am so excited to share that Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash Amati. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash Amati, or you can head to the show notes for the direct link. I know you'll love working with Kajabi as much as we did at the Creative Educator Conference and as much as we do here at So Here's the Thing podcast. Another thing that I realized, I heard a few people say it, um, I've been I actually attended a conference right after yours that was a completely different industry and something that just true, like it just rang true over and over again in every conversation was the networking opportunities and the collaboration opportunities that you get at an in-person event are so, <laughs> you just move a lot faster yeah. with those collaborations and networking and conversations because like I have seen people meet at conferences, yours in particular, and be on each other's podcasts within the week. Yeah. So it's very interesting to see that in addition to the education. Can you share a few of the ways that you encourage the, those conversations and networking opportunities at your event? Oh yeah. And I love that you've observed that. I actually, I think I just saw like two people be on two other people's podcasts from the, from the conference this past week. And I was like, I love this. I feel like a proud mama. 
not to say they're children. I just feel really, really, really connected to them. But yeah, I try, I do a lot of things. So I think my background as honestly, as a high school teacher really helps with this, but, um, I do a lot of like targeted group building. So grouping them, making sure everybody has a place to sit at lunch. Everybody has places and time and space to be able to connect with one another and with the speakers. I build that into the schedule and actually looking forward to next year. Um, I'm, I'm like hundred percent sure you're probably going to ask me about next year and we can get to that later, but I, I want to implement even more of that time if at all possible, because I do think there's so much value in that and, and not just in like the shallow word of networking. It's like, truly building relationships. And I think, Haley, you're so right. It moves so fast because you see that it's not just a typed email. Like it's a human being who you relate to, who you connect with, and who you enjoy immediately. So I I try to build as many of those things into the schedule as possible. So much so that, you know, obviously, you know, my favorite my favorite feature of my conference is the late night lobby chats. Literally, my husband hates hearing me talk about it. I talk about them all the time. Um, <laughs> and we all stay up till like past midnight, 1 a.m. And we're all talking and connecting in the hotel lobby in our sweats and like hair up and nobody cares what they look like. And everybody's like ordering food into the lobby or coming in with leftovers and eating their leftovers. And it's just like such a fun time to have people's walls come down and to have true relationships built. So those are probably my favorite favorite features that I've built in. Yeah, I really like the late night lobby chats because, and I didn't do this as much last year. This year, I only got to attend one of the nights because of my travel schedule. But um, I decided when I walked in, I was like, I will go in with people I know, but I'm going to talk to people I don't know. Yeah. And it was so fun to just have those conversations that like not necessarily even about work or business, just life in general and getting to meet people and connect on a level. That's not just like, Oh, I want to collaborate with your business. It was more of, I want to get to know you as a person. And I really, really enjoy that as part of those late night lobby chats. And even, I mean, conversations do happen around business. It's natural in what we do, but yeah. Hi, I'm Heather Lisey. I am a wedding and senior photographer, and this year at Creative Educator Conference was my first year attending, and it was incredible. Uh, One of my favorite things, and I'm sure it's probably a bunch of people's, was definitely the lobby chats at the end of each night. The reason I loved it was this was my first time ever being in an experience and at a education conference where it was all educators, and so the ability to just like dream up ideas and talk talk through things and just be creative uh, was amazing and something that I never really expected coming. I was just there really for the education, but the amount of people I got to connect with and connections I made and potential um, avenues from here on out, it was just amazing to be able to just be creative. And every night I told my roommate, I was like, man, my brain is just tired from all the exciting things that we got to talk about nonstop the entire day. Yeah, it was really fun. I joined a couple, like I try to float around. Um, Sometimes people will grab me because they'll have like a burning question and I love that. And they're always like, I'm so sorry to like, I'm not trying to make this a coaching session. I'm like, no, bring it on. Like that's why I'm here. But I float around and I actually sat in on one it was like a very sweet, it was like a circle of like 10 educators sitting on the floor of a hotel lobby. (laughs) And I kind of just 
scooted my way in there and they immediately were like, we're going around and talking about our best and worst educational investments and why will you go? And so hearing them like full transparency and they're out there, they're not like, you know, slandering people, but they're, they're naming names of like the best and the, the, you know, worst and learning from each other about the why and how they actually turn that into something positive. And it was just like, such great conversations happen in those moments and it leads to so much more when you leave. Absolutely. I, I wish I had been in that conversation. (laughs) I feel like I could have, I could have learned a lot, but also, um, shared a lot because as someone who invests in education, I do think a lot of it does fall on us too. I have found myself like investing in things, not taking action, um, or going into it, not knowing a goal. Um, I've done it with in-person education. I've done it with online education. Like you kind of learn something every single time. So hearing other people's experiences, like I almost feel like that would be an unpopular opinion episode that you could totally do of no naming names, but what's one lesson you learned from a bad investment or maybe you weren't ready for it. Experience. Yeah, I love that. I actually think we have one episode where I talk about like the responsibility of like, I think it's something it was, I mean, this podcast has been around for four years now. So I'm like, what, what, or almost, yeah. five, almost five years, Haley. I know that's mind boggling to Our me. Our anniversary is coming up. That's wild. Yeah. Um, but no, one of the episodes, I think it was a few years ago was like, what role of responsibility do you hold as the coaching client as like the mentee versus the mentor and like, when is it their fault? Yes. And when is it your fault? Because I, d- I do believe you're right about that um, to an extent. So yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit of both. So let's talk about the actual support behind your conference. So coming down to the, the staff, the speakers, the sponsors, how do you go about selecting, curating and creating that team of people? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, like the conference would not be able to exist without our, our speakers, our educators, our sponsors, and of course my staff. And I think, I mean, honestly, the way that we, we bring them together, it may look different. Like the process may look different, but overall the, it all boils down to are these people that can serve the audience in particular that are sitting in that room at that time really, really well. So for example, the speakers that I choose, it's, it is a little bit about the speaker and about, you know, how they want to serve people, but it's mostly about like the topic and are they in a place that's advanced enough to still be able to teach to their peers in a way that's going to help their peers grow. And that's something that's actually uniquely difficult for my event versus other events. Um, now, I'm not saying that every attendee is is a peer or, um, you know, is more advanced than any of the speakers, but it, it does happen, you know, especially in a room full of educators where it's it's mostly peer-to-peer. And so that that's something I have to think about. And then for our sponsors, of course... Um, I've got to give a shout out to all my sponsors is, you know, Kajabi, Planoly, HoneyBook, Flowdesk, you, Gaffin Creative, my amazing podcast producer, um, Interact, the legal page, Cubicle to CEO, all of our vendor sponsors, Angelica Marie Photography, Peter and Bridget Films, Lane Love Paper Co., Our Love Floral, um, Scarlet Rose Collective. Like we, all of these people that I just listed, all of these companies Yes, they are companies, but they are also people and products that our audience 
would directly benefit from partnering with and using in so many ways. So it's something that they could each use in their business, but it's also something that they could go back to their communities and their audiences, and they could now share that partnership with the people that they're teaching. So like I talk a lot about a ripple effect in, in my education for educators and that ripple effect, I want it to continue with our, with our staff, with our sponsors and speakers and our staff members. And I, I try to be really selective about who I bring in. I try to limit, you know, I try to give exclusivity as much as I can within industries so that I'm not overwhelming anybody. And I'm just saying like, Hey, this is a product I know, like, and trust, and you can know, like, and trust them too, and go connect with the humans at their booth. And the same thing with the speakers. It's, Hey, these are people that you can learn from and they can, they can probably learn from you too, but these are topics that they excel at, that they are the expert in and that they can help you grow in as well. I really love that. And with the one thing I really loved this year about getting to see all the sponsors in person was I actually got to go myself and talk to them about like ideas. So I talked with Interact about how to build a quiz. What type of quiz should I actually be building? Because I've had an account with them for years and I just like get stuck. And then they told me about their AI tool and I'm like, oh, well, I haven't logged into Interact in years because I don't use it. I had no idea this existed. And so it was really cool to just get to to play around with those types of conversations and hear directly from someone who is in it every single day versus me trying to go and research and learn myself about a tool that I don't know if I'll use and then be like, oh, I'm encouraged to go home and actually build something. Yeah, I love that. All right, friend. I want to ask you your signature question. What is your unpopular opinion after year two of the Creative Educator Conference about hosting an in-person conference. Okay, I have a lot of unpopular opinions, as we all know, but if I had to choose one that I'm kind of taking away from this year and my experience this year around hosting an in-person event, in particular a conference, is that this is something I say all the time. I sound like a broken record. You can do everything, you can do anything, but you can't do everything and anything at the exact same time. And you probably shouldn't do anything and everything by yourself. So I understand that it can be really, really appealing to try to build up your suite of offerings and have a little bit of everything. But I had to put a lot aside to make this conference happen. I had to hit pause on a lot of projects and I had to ask for help probably more than I've ever asked for help before. And that was a challenge for me. And so I do think unpopular opinion is like doing it alone and trying to do way too much at one time. I mean, you're not only going to burn out, but I think the result will, you'll be able to tell. And so I think just really making sure that you're prioritizing and not trying to just add without taking anything off your plate is almost impossible. Ooh, that's a really good reminder for a lot of us. Um, because I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'm very guilty of it. Like, oh, I can do it all. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And juggling is not easy. So I'm really glad you shared that. Hello, my name is Tia. With my husband Cameron and I, we are wedding photography business coaches based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And my favorite thing about the Creative Educator Conference is everything that I leave with. Like, I don't just leave with the tools, the inspiration. I leave with tons of people that are there to cheer me on throughout the year. From the past year into the second Creative Educator Conference, I went away with so many partnerships, so many amazing collaborations that just were fostered throughout the entire year, 
which brought me back even stronger for the second year. So I can't wait to level up in that way again between the second and the third because you know I'm going to be back for the third. As people like start to explore in-person events again, because I know like 2020 and 2021 kind of push people away from it and now they're coming back and as even if it's small like if it's a retreat or if it's speaking of retreats have you decided on next level yet (laughs) that was such a funny your face too was like oh um (laughs) yes I am honestly like again full transparency here you guys uh, that are listening to this I'm like 95 percent going to bring next level retreat back in 2024 likely in the fall So stay tuned on that. Yay. (laughs) Okay. For those who don't know and have not attended Next Level, I I think I invested right before I went full-time in my business, like 2019 and then in 2020 was when I went full-time. And I remember sitting there at the retreat and I was like, I, by this time next year, want to be full-time in this business. And then I was, and I was like, I mean, there were a lot of things that impacted that. Um, but had I not had the connections at Next Level, the education, the time to like sit down and build a plan for what I wanted to create. Yeah, I know this is about your conference uh, and not your retreat, but I'm really excited. To not see me you crying over back. here. Like, <laughs> don't make me cry, Haley. <laughs> well, Speaking of things that are coming up, what can we expect for the 2025 Creative Educator Conference? Okay, so anybody who knows me and who's listened to the show knows that I'm always like making game time decisions about, am I going to host another conference? And I did, I decided that I think on like the happy hour night, like the welcome event night that I would definitely have creative educator conference round three come back in 2025. However, I made probably the hardest decision I've ever made around this conference and we are deciding to move it to the fall. So it'll be September of 2025 instead of January. There's so many reasons that's hard. I think a lot of people could probably relate to the fear of, oh my gosh, it's like such a long wait. Will people still want to come? But I had to just tell myself like, no, people will want to come if they, if it's a right fit for them. And Quite frankly, I think it's going to be a really nice way to have a fresh, new approach to the conference. Um, there were so many great things about having it in January. And I've, Haley, I've talked to you about this so many times, but it can be really hard to like come out of like hibernation and go straight into a conference. And not to mention the weather is so unpredictable. And there's just so many things about January that make it tough. So I'm excited to do a September like back to school vibe. Um, you know, that's kind of how we've all been programmed to, to feel about September anyway. So I'm pumped about it. But that's what you guys can expect from the conference is a September 2025 conference. Um, we'll still be in Dallas because quite frankly, I live here. I love having it at my home. Something that was really, really special about this year was, you know, my parents and my sister stopped by and just like, oh, it was so sweet. They've never seen what I do. And I think so many listeners can relate to this. Like, my parents have no idea what I do. They're like, cool, you do something on the internet. Nice. I'm like, yeah. Um, but they, for them to see it all in person, and to hear me speak and to, to see my attendees and to meet my friends and meet sponsors and speakers and attendees. And um, they were just blown away. So that was really special also to just have that home connection. So I love welcoming people to my hometown. Um, so we'll still be in Dallas. 
in September, and I am pumped about it. Oh, and you can join the wait list. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I will make sure to link that in the show notes. Love it. Um, I did love seeing your parents there and meeting them. It was so, it was so sweet and kind. And like, you just, you know, you see, we all see like the businesses or personas that we all have online, but then like to see, you know, where you came from and the people who raised you. It's just so, I love it. I loved, I love seeing that and that they got to be there. Yeah. It made it, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. It's one of those things where it's like, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, about relationship building and like seeing our, seeing each other's businesses as like real people. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I always tell my parents we are, we're an immigrant family and I'm like, you know, I owe them everything. And I could never imagine this, like what my life would look like if they hadn't sacrificed what they had and seeing them see what I created that I could never have done if they didn't do what they did to bring us here. So it was just, it was a very special moment. Yes. It was beautiful and powerful. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I am really looking forward to next September. I have loved both years of the Creative Educator Conference, and I cannot wait to see what you bring back or continue in 2024. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just really thankful to get a chance to be a part of it. And yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for what you've built in the community you've created. And, um, yeah. Thank you, friend. We will see you all in the next episode of So Here's a Thing. Bye. Bye. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to so here's the thing podcast.com. This show is brought to you by the Creative Educator Academy, where we teach creative entrepreneurs how to teach because I believe that industries thrive when experts can share their knowledge well. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes or see your rating on Spotify. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.